Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Butler looking to get outside of Bond. LeBondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! Three points running! Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it has been a typical Reading FC result from the last month or so. Another draw. That is nine points in the last nine games. We picked up a two-all draw against Swansea City. And to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Nick Holton. Hi, Nick. Hi, Paul. I've also been joined by Eric Ogard. How are you doing? Hello, Paul. Hello, and you are sat in the bathroom in Singapore. That is where the podcast has reached, isn't it? And I'm I'm loving that. I'm, I'm all for that. But going into the team news, we saw two changes today. We saw Lucas Jow come back into the team and John Swift with uh, Elise missing out and Puskas. Anyone surprised by that? Maybe, Nick? What do you think of it? Uh, maybe surprised to see Jow return so soon. Um, Swift coming in didn't surprise me to be honest. He's had the two the two sub appearances now to get up to speed, and yeah, I felt like Elise has just been he looks a bit petulant lately on the pitch. So I'd say that's probably our best eleven. Maybe with Morrison fit, he'd come in, but I'd probably say that's our best eleven. You can it's hard to choose between the four Elise, Mater, Jari, and Swift, but I'd probably go with those three if it was like a player final and everyone was fit. That's probably the three I would pick. Uh, so, yeah, I think Panovic has gone for it. He's picked his best team. And it was quite exciting to see that lineup, to be honest, with with Swift back in there and Jow back in there. So it was uh, a good start to the day with that. Yeah, no, I was quite happy to see that as well. I agree that maybe the only difference to be our best 11 would be Michael Morrison in the starting lineup. Eric, did you think the same? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, Joao was the surprise, like Nick says, because there was uh, another shoulder. So you thought that might be a season. So actually quite encouraged to see him back that quickly. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the team kind of picks itself, except for that swift release decision. And um, judging by the game, you'd say that it was probably the right decision. Yeah, totally. Um, what we saw in the first minute, though, was an absolutely huge chance for Swansea for uh, Cabango. I've no idea how he managed to miss this one, Nick. Yeah, it was a really good ball, to be honest. Um, it was attacking. So for a defender, that's really hard to sort of clear unless you can sort of flick it out of play. But I feel like Raphael probably could have come for that. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but it's quite quite a fast whip on the ball. But if he comes for that and just punches it or something like that, it's danger, the danger's over. But it's a great ball and you should be scoring from one of those chances. And if they score there, that's probably game over because I can't see us going on to win a game where we go 1-0 down inside a minute or two. 
we had a game against them a few quite a few years ago when we conceded the goal in the first minute, and that was yeah, particularly Paul grim Nails. as well. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, was that Paul Clemens' Gomez. first game? It was uh, Gomez, I think. It was oh, Gomez's yeah. first home game, maybe, or one of his first games. And uh, I think it was like New Year, New Start. We won it down within a minute, and then we lost like four 0 or something silly like that, and we were terrible. Oh, don't you just love Reading FC? It's yeah. what they did to you, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's a kind of we then drip kind of like move back into the game we gain some kind of like position in the field and we're pushing forwards and trying to get some opportunities but it was quite an even game until the moment when john swift shows how much that we've missed him with a cross into the box for yaku mate to score with a really good header yeah it was just a, a great cross wasn't it swift just knew exactly what mate was going to do and if you if you look at mate's movement he actually pulls away and then runs in front of the defender. The the run is e- equally as good as the cross, but obviously you need Swift to, to find him. And yeah, great header. And uh, it's what, what Mate can do when when he's on song. And, and Swift is, is more likely than I think anybody else in our team or in our squad to, to find him. So the fact that Swift has been out for so much of the season obviously has hurt us. Do you think if we'd had him for the whole of the season, Nick, that we would have made it into the playoff spots? Hard to say, quite possibly, because he's that quality. He's he's our best player, in my opinion. He's he's obviously got a lot of injury problems. His hamstrings, I think, are a big issue. And they have been for his whole time at Reading. Uh, but he just sees things. He's just he might not glide past a player like um, Elise or have the skill of Ajaria. He's got this vision and this technical quality to find these passes, and he's you know he can shoot from twenty five yards. We've had a lot of good free kicks in recent weeks that have been wasted because we haven't had the ability on the ball to to strike it, which he would have would have been on. So maybe we could have scored a couple of those free kicks. Um, and yeah, he's just a class above. He, he might not be the best in the league, but he makes a difference in our team. Yeah, a, a massive difference. We then had another opportunity from a kind of Hurahan back pass to Lucas Jow, which went completely wrong from. It's an opportunity for Lucas to score there, Eric, but doesn't quite connect with it. Yeah, it's it's a horrible back pass from them, right? And Zhao is edge of the penalty box and the keeper's backpedalling. And if you look at the, the angle back on, like behind Lucas Zhao, he doesn't get it even near the corner, so in the corner of the goal. So it was a it was a tame shot in the end. Like the keeper still had to make a, a half-decent save, but you'd expect most keepers in the league to make that save very comfortab- comfortably. And... You, you sometimes you wonder if if Joao if he could go across the keeper perhaps the far corner or at least get it more into the corner. So, yeah, it was a bit too straight on and uh, big chance missed. I thought Lucas Joao played better today overall than I've seen in a while. Nick, what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, he was better. Uh, I think even when he doesn't have a good game, he makes a difference. He gives us more than what like Pushkash or Bordock would give us. Uh, he put himself about. Sometimes his control let him down, or he got too much into a battle with two or three players and it released the ball quick enough. Falls over his feet a bit as well, slips. Um, but yeah, he, he was okay today. I don't think we can have any uh, sort of doubts about his performance today. He probably should have scored that chance. Um, it wasn't the easiest chance, but he had the whole goal to aim at and he sort of hits it more or less upward than just to his sort of left. And if he puts out a corner, it's a goal, but he just didn't take that chance very well. But he was um, a lot better than he's been lately. He seemed to want it a bit more. And he's a focal point, and he did that quite well today. And when he does that, the team's better. Yeah, I think if we've managed to go in at half time at 2 0, I would have fancied this today, Eric. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we actually played quite well, I thought, across the whole game. And it was just a few key moments. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, we, we, we played well. And I, if we'd have been 2 0 up at half time, you do fancy us to go on and win the game, um, especially with everything everything um, at stake today. So, um, yeah, unfortunate, but uh, wasn't to be. We expected Swansea to come out in the second half with a lot of energy. They've obviously wanted to finalise their position in the playoff spots, which they have done. But Liam Cullen gets a whole huge amount of space in our penalty area and puts a header wide. What was he doing there as well? There's some strange misses today, Nick, by Swansea. That was not even near in the end. Yeah, they, they created quite a few half chances in and around the box where we seemed to maybe a bit open. But I'm thinking that maybe because we had to win, and I, I know we were 1-0 up at this point, but we seem to be more open trying to go on to get that second goal or trying to get that first goal before we scored. Um, yeah, Cullen actually was quite uh, quite handful for Holmes today. He was sort of hanging on Holmes, probably for his lack of experience. Cullen's a young, a young player too, and he has good pace. And he, he didn't make it easy for Holmes. Uh, but he sort of just finds himself in the box. There's a back pass from, well, not back pass, a tackle against Laurent on the edge of the area. And he was close to getting that as well. Just He just seems to be in the right areas, just trying to get on the last defender's shot on the shoulder of the last defender and getting behind a lot. And he was quite a threat. But you saw the difference when he came off, when Ayu came on, of of the difference in quality there in terms of yeah, what yeah, he had exactly. for them, yeah. Yeah, the next opportunity that we have was from Andy Rinomoto. Good crossing from Ijaria, but that's not a straightforward chance, is it, Eric? It's not, but it's also fairly like there's not loads and loads of pace on the ball. So you, I suppose what you want there is you want someone like Luca Zhao at the end of it instead of Rinomoto, who's not a striker. It's not like a... I wouldn't say a sitter, but it's definitely a chance. Like you get that on target as well, because the keeper's travelling across the goal. Anything on target there, and and you have a chance of scoring, right? So it's just unfortunate it was it was Rinomoto and not one of our strikers, perhaps. And uh, yeah, again, obviously, if we score that as a key moment of the game, I think it was just at the start of the second half, and and uh, you fancy us to go on and win potentially again. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the key moment in the game was the 65th minute. We see John Swift go off for us, and we saw AU come on for Swansea. And as you mentioned earlier, Nick, um, that's when it all changed around for us, wasn't it? He just had that extra quality when he came onto the pitch. Yeah, Swansea bought on the cavalry, didn't they? AU came on. He's uh, he's been injured, hasn't he? So they obviously didn't want to risk him from the start. Roberts came on. He's an attacking fullback, um, and a young midfielder. I think came on Whitaker, and then we bring off. Swift, who I get has to come off because he's just come back from injury. So that's fair enough. And the least comes on, which is fine. Uh, but then Mate for Tomato was questionable. And I think Panovic is the, I don't know if he was just trying to solidify it, but it's maybe risky that early on. Um, but I, he's a cheat code in this league. As, as a few teams have him, Saar at Watford and Badir at Norwich and a couple more, maybe Bournemouth, Wilshire. But yeah, I use should be in this league. He's, he's a really good player. He was great in the first game we played against them when uh, Rafael did brilliant and stopped him scoring a few times. Um, but what a player. And he immediately made the difference, didn't he? Uh, sort of flicked it through. Was it Moore's legs or was it Semedo's legs? And yeah. there's yeah. three of them on him and he flicked it through between the three of them. And uh, I think it was Fulton broke through and then didn't get close down quick enough. And yeah, the goal came within a minute or two of him coming on and it just shows that difference someone like that makes in a team. 
Do we think, what do we think about Raphael on the goal, Eric? Do you think it's a little bit harsh to say he should do better there? Or could you also say you need that little bit of luck there? If that falls to a red defender, it gets cleared. We just didn't have that today. Yeah, it's a tough one because my immediate reaction was, God, couldn't he have, have held it? But it was quite a, a shot. I also wonder about, you know, some of our defending leading up to that. You got Liam Moore right out on the wing with Ayu. And, and it just leaves a massive hole in the middle for Fulton to break forward. But yeah, in terms of Raphael, um, what can you say? The, the one thing you would say, I suppose, is that he has previous. So he's done this before where he spills the ball right out into the middle of the goal. And it's just a tap in, isn't it, for their striker? So if it was like the first time he'd done it this season, you could perhaps say, oh, maybe it was a bit unlucky or it's a bit harsh. But he does cost us goals from time to time just by not holding onto the ball. And although it might be slightly harsh to be too critical, I think because he has previous, you'd say, yeah, a bit of a mistake. What's your thoughts on it, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I play goal. So, I mean, for me, I think he's tried to hold the ball and he's spilled it. And it's it, what he should have done is just sort of, as a goalkeeper, when you, if you're not going to hold the ball, you've got to push it out to your right or to your left and away from the goal. Um, so if you're going to spill it, don't spill it into the six-yard box or straight central into an area where someone can poke in a rebound. So I don't think he's intentionally gone to push it away and done that. But I feel like he's gone to hold it, realised he can't hold it, and it's just sort of squirmed out to six yards. And it's right where um, where Lowe was standing and he's just tucked it in. And it, it is a, a mistake. And as Eric said, if it was one mistake, you could say, oh, you know, it happens. But he's cost us quite a few goals this season for silly things like that. And he's got to be questioned, I think, at times. I, I do rate Raphael. But, you know, is it worth giving Southwood a go now? There's nothing to play for. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just opportunities there in the next two games. Maybe I'm going to bang the drum of Tetek again. Why not? I might as well. <laughs> I think at some point, yeah. if you're going to bring on Semedo to play in that 10 position, why not play Tetek? I'm not quite sure why we're doing that because Semedo, when he came on today, I don't think he really added anything in a negative or a kind of like positive. He was just there on mm. the pitch, just running around a little bit. It just didn't seem to affect anything. I think he played okay, but he just comes up. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, but I, I think he played okay, Semedo. Like he um, won the ball a few times. He had, the, I think, a shot that won the corner and stuff. So he wasn't. He wasn't terrible by any means, but no, he's no, not, no, not he's not a number 10. He's not a creative midfielder. No. So the lack of options, you think actually maybe Tetek could do something different. And you'd say the last two games, the other thing about, you know, this is you, you want to give those younger players a chance to get some championship experience. So why not try and blood them a bit these last two games and give them a go? Yeah, I guess the problem with Tetek is he's also out of contract, isn't he? So it's another issue not to play. Is he? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, our contract. So that is a problem that's underpinning probably the whole scenario. But then we have the moment that if you have that little bit of luck, you get this penalty, Nick. Do you think the Fulton challenge on Lucas Jow, when it was 1-1, do you think that was a penalty? Yes, clear penalty. I didn't see it until the replay, to be honest. And I can only think that the referee and Osmond didn't see it for some some reason. They were just looking elsewhere or another sort of battle in the box or something like that. Because they tend to look at these battles before and maybe they'll, they'll pick one to see if anything comes of it. Or the ref will watch one thing and the lines from the other. But they, they must have missed it because he's got both arms around him and he's sort of brought him down. It's not like he's just stopped him running. He's actually gone and flattened him to the floor as well. And 
I feel like Jao actually in general play doesn't get a lot going for him. Some of them may be soft, but a lot of the time he gets sort of pulled and pushed and the referees don't tend to give him much. And I think it's because he's quite a big guy and they think, oh, he should be able to handle himself. But there, but he's, he's bear hugged in the box and that's a penalty. And that's, I mean, if Jao could keep, he wouldn't have scored anyway, would he? But at least might have taken it and 2 1 and happy days with player for still on. But it wasn't to be. I think if you're a, I was going to say, if you're a Swansea fan there, you're annoyed with Jay Fulton for taking the risk, right? He yeah, clearly why? grabs him with two hands. You're thinking, why are you doing that? Because yeah. the cross was quite high anyway. So yeah. it's a silly bit of defending by Jay Fulton. Was it Jay Fulton? I think it was. Yeah, and it was. Um, should, have been, should have been a pen all day. But especially from the linesman, he's looking right at it. I don't know how he didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it got worse Reading, though, in the 83rd minute. Um, some, What was that defending there, Nick? I'm, I'm not quite sure what was going on. Yeah, it sort of comes over to the uh, our right side. Esther uh, has just come on. So, again, both goals come immediately after subs, which is frustrating. Um, and I think it's Laurent. And this has happened. It happened against Forest, And it's not Laurent, but it's a similar situation. And it actually happened with the... First one's a goal. When someone's breaking forward, we don't close the man down and we just let them run at us for too long. And Lawrence got to go across there. And it's not his fault that he's free. This, uh, I can't remember who it was. Was it low again? But Lawrence got to go across and he's got to stop the angle from getting the ball across the goal. Make it hard. He might still get it across, but make it hard for him. We literally let him pass the ball across the goal. He can't do that. He's always got to go to the man with the ball. Go to the ball. It's, it's a lesson you learn as a kid. Go to the ball, stop it if you can, or make it difficult for them. And it's just too easy. It's literally just like a train exercise. You pass it across, you put it in the net. And it's just too easy. And we are too open, but we're chasing them. We need to win. The draw's not good enough. We need to win. Fair enough, I get that. But we've got to go to the ball, try and stop that ball coming across. And it go, there's, what, three or four Swansea players in there. It falls to IU. The one player you don't want it to fall to is IU. Easy goal, but... We've got to stop it before that happens. Yeah, I would say no striker is going to miss from there, but we can all remember a moment not that long ago. Yeah, because <laughs> these things can happen. But Eric, at this point, I was thinking we're not going to get anything back, but we do. Estevez scores his first ever goal for the club, probably his last because he won't play many games now. But it's a decent finish. Yeah, I was going to say it was probably the the last meaningful contribution of. Um, Two fairly kind of almost flopped signings. Aluko, really good cross, really good work down the left. And yeah, great left foot finish from the edge of the box, in the bottom corner from Estevez. And it hasn't worked out for either. Obviously, Aluko, uh, even more so. He's been here for a long time. He's not played that much. He's not produced when he has played. He's cost us a lot of money. Estevez came in, lots of hype, obviously, because he's been. Uh, European Golden Boy nominee and all this kind of stuff and hasn't really played enough either and also was probably outplayed by Tom Holmes who's a centre-back uh, in that position. So, yeah, good goal. Good to get a draw but obviously completely meaningless and you'd say both both those uh, players probably did last meaningful contributions in Reading FC shirts. Are you saying you're not here for the Aluko hat-trick against Norwich next week, Eric? I can't. I don't think that would happen. No. If I was a betting man, I don't think I would put my last pound on uh, on a Luko scoring a hat trick against the champions. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. But Panovic after the game was sounding quite positive about next season, and 
if you just look at it on the cold facts, we finished 15th last season, I think. This season, we are seventh. I think there's still a lot of positives to take from it. There's obvious frustration that we have not made the playoffs. I understand that completely. We all want to make it. We all want to get through there and put ourselves through the heartache of that, don't we? Because we love it as Reading fans, the playoffs. It's just a great experience. But I think we need to remember that he's got all these young players into the team and virtually all of them have improved. So if we've got other players that are underneath that in the academy, I think that's positive. I definitely want Panovic to be there next season when we start, Nick, because if he's not, what would the owner be doing? It wouldn't make any logical sense to me. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we've got to be stable now. We haven't had stability at Reading for a long time, probably since Stam went into his second season. That's probably the most stable we've we've looked at Reading for, and before that. I can't remember, to be honest. I can't remember last time we were stable. Not since before Zingarovic, probably. It's been that long. We haven't really had any stability. Um, and he came in a week before the start of the season. He's not been able to bring anyone in, really. A couple of lone players that he probably had nothing to do with. Um, you know, Laurent was already there. Jara was already coming in. And three lone players that would have been Kia, Jurov, Cheyenne dealing with. And January's not been able to strengthen um, um, let's just hope he continues at least gets for next season. I don't think we'd get relegated or anything, um, but you know, at least another crack at playoffs. Uh, but is he going to be able to build anything? We don't know where we are at financially and with FFP and with points deductions. Who knows at the minute? If if he, even if he can't build, I think we just want that stability. Either way, just keep the club stable. We've had worse than Panovic. He's he's good. He was a messiah in the first half of the season. Dropped off a bit, he's got tactical errors, but he'll learn from it. And there's young players, you know, Holmes and McIntyre played a lot this season. There's positives there for sure. And, you know, it's sad and it's frustrating. We're not defending the fact that there's no playoffs, but we do have to reflect on this. In a year's time, we'll look at this and think, yeah, it was a good season, but it has been a bit crap. But let's let's try and be positive, lay some foundations and uh, go again. Yeah, I also like the fact that after the game, he was talking about how we've got an identity, Eric. And we do have one. You know how we're going to play now. We haven't been able to maintain it for the whole of the season, but maybe if we can have a little bit of rotation of players with some additional players coming in, it's possible we could maintain it and have an even better season next year. I think so, yeah. If you think, like, um, uh, Elise is likely to be sold, right? That might solve our FFP problems uh, for next season. Um, maybe one or two others has to go, but you know, at least wasn't even in the starting eleven today. So is he arguably in our starting eleven? Uh, possibly, but you know, we've got Swift there, so if we could keep Swift fit, um, there's still a chance to build. And like Nick said, like there's been a lot of young players that have played. Holmes, McIntyre. Uh, we still have some good players like Yeardom and Laurent Rinamota, Jao. So if we can keep most of the squad intact, maybe add a, a few. I think it's been quite clear for a few weeks now that the size of our squad is the thing that's probably cost us more than anything because it's caused the injuries as we've not been able to rotate. The players have looked really tired in the last few games. Um, So, yeah, I definitely think Pranovic should be there. I think we should uh, keep faith in him. We were not even anywhere close to relegation scrap this season, which in the summer I was thinking we're we're banging trouble bringing a new manager in that close to the start of the season. Um, we've done all right in the end. Um, obviously, it's frustrating and it's disappointing with that start to be in the top six for so long and then fall out. But it's, yeah, I think it's squad size. 
Yeah, I totally agree with what you said there about the start of the season, really worried about Panovic. When he came in, I thought it was going to be a massive struggle. I totally was in that group, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I don't know what you were thinking when he came in with only a week. Yeah, I mean, no one had heard of him. Let's not pretend otherwise. You might have got one or two, you know, the MLS might have heard of him or Serbian, like Serbian football, whatever. But no one had heard of him. Uh, the feedback from the Chicago fan base, I know it's the MLS, it's completely different style and standard of football. There's no relegation, so there's no pressure. But it was quite interesting to see he won the Under-20 World Cup with Serbia. That was quite interesting. He had a good reputation with young players, which was quite exciting. Uh, there's a reason the owners wanted him. I don't know what it was. I don't know how they heard of him or who heard of him. Was he a Kia investment again? I don't know. But I think it's worked out quite well overall. Um, I was alarmed though when he came in. I was worried. I mean, Bowen, I don't think he was a guy to take us forward, but he was steady. He was, you know, he had a good record, fairly good record. I think he would have had us comfortable mid-table at the very least. Um, but who could have done better with this team? Um you know, maybe someone would have done the same, but who could have done better with the squad depth we've got and the, the lack of transfer activity we've been able to do and coming in a week before the start of the season, I'm not too sure many would have done a better job in terms of who we would have attracted. Yeah, I hear a lot of people saying that we've got our wage bill means that we should be doing a lot better. That just basically tells me we've given out stupid contracts. That's yeah. what I get from that, that their wage doesn't match their ability, Eric. Or quite just look at them. Just... Just look at the money on the bench today. Sam Baldock, Shawnee Aluko, George Pushkas. There's a lot of wages on that bench um, and nowhere near the output required for the cost of those wages. Not even close. Like it's Shawnee Aluko's been here for how long? Uh, years. Oh, yes. um, we've still got Mark McNulty on our books who's been loaned out somewhere. Uh, who cost a million pounds, so it's not going to be on a on a tiny wage by any means. He was one of the top scorers in League One the season before we signed him. So you just say that, yeah, there's the wage bill is really high, but yeah, it's down to really, really poor recruitment for a number of years. And it just shows you, like, we, we try and bring on some, some options. Um, Swansea have got Andre Ayew on the bench. We've got um, uh, arguably a, a holding midfielder in Semedo playing as a number 10 and that's the difference and that's what cost us. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to try and stay positive about the situation. It's not ideal but I think we're moving forward. So thanks a lot for listening. We will have a preview show for the Norwich uh, match that's coming up with the good guys from Talk Norwich. I love them. And we will also have the normal podcast next Saturday. So cheers and Keep the faith. We will one day get to the Premier League. It'll probably be cost us billions and we're all going bankrupt, but we will get there one day. Cheers. <laughs>